Education Conversations. Hmm. All right, A-teamers, the time now is... Uh, what, 24 minutes away from 11 o'clock? Remember that at 11, Luanda Mawume comes in with the final news bulletin. Right now, we're getting into our social and educational conversation, speaking to Basil Manuel, Executive Director of Naptosa. Basil, thank you very much for joining us. Good evening, Patricia. It's a pleasure to be with you again. Mm, Basil, we're not talking on good terms right now. It's, it's, it's very difficult. Every time you and I talk around the plights that are faced either by educators or learners, it's never on good notes. It's always on difficulties. And now with final year exams, you know, right at our heels, we are also faced with load shedding. Yes, Patricia, it's a tough one. Uh, and we mustn't oversimplify it. There are thousands of, of children who are battling simply because of the normal conditions that you and I know. Many of our children are living in homes that are overcrowded, that are noisy, so they need to find quiet time, which is later at night. And if you're load shedding, then there's, there's no time to study. During the day, it is even difficult. But that's just one. Then, of course, you know, even those children getting to their schools on time with load shedding and taxis, being being uh, caught up in in the um, the traffic jams, it it becomes stressful. That stress is not good for somebody writing. Then you get there to the exam room and it's dull. You know, even on a bright day, uh, every hall needs light. Otherwise, it remains dull, and you can get away sometimes with no electricity in a classroom, because many of our learners do write in classrooms. But, Patricia, what about those subjects that require electricity? We're thinking of, of uh, the computer-based subjects. And what about our, our, our um, learners who are, who are partially sighted and they need to use Braille typewriters and the like, which are dependent on power? So it's not just a linear thing where there is one type of a problem. They are they are stacked like a ladder, and they increase. And some children are having more than their fair share of trouble with this. And I know the department has reached out to, to Eskom to try and mitigate some of these problems. But now, today, I heard on, on this very radio station in, in one of your news bulletins that there's... Uh, uh, generation pro uh, uh, problems and that if the capacity doesn't increase, we will be faced with load shedding yet again. It's a crisis. It's, it's a huge crisis. It's a huge, huge crisis, Basil. I mean, um, for the past two days, we've also had no water in certain parts of South Africa and the students yes. still went to school <laughs> despite not having water within the pandemic, going home to no power. It's a crisis, and I don't know how how we can still give hope to students and to educators amidst such difficult times. How do we give them hope? You know, uh, Patricia, we've got to definitely uh, speak positive to our kids. Our kids are battling with too many things for us to pile on the negativity. And uh, they've got to know that the sun will rise tomorrow. 
we've got to let them know that this is a particular passage that they've got to go through. But we're all living in hope that things will improve. We are all living in hope that the neglect uh, of the, the last few years is going to be changing, that there's enough goodwill for, for that to happen, because we need them uh, to be mentally strong. When some of our learners who are suffering a little with anxiety, stress, and, of course, just coping ability, if we still pile on negativity, we are not doing them a favor. So we've got to let them know that, look, uh, you do what you need to do. You do your best, and you try and find a place where you can study. I know schools are doing all sorts of things. There are matriculants that are staying at the schools uh, as in, in the afternoon to cat, do some work, to study, to find a quiet place, etc. And I want to... to uh, acknowledge those teachers and schools that are sacrificing time. They should be going home. They are leaving classrooms open so that the learners can study and then go home later. Now, it's little interventions like that. It sounds insignificant, but it's a huge help to somebody who is living in in conditions that are not uh, conducive to studying. I, I I agree with you. We need to make sure that our young people still see hope and they hear hope so that they are encouraged to overcome. With with the crisis of load shedding, Basil, do you feel that it will affect or impact negatively on the past rec this year in the various provinces? It's a difficult one to be emphatic about, uh, Patricia. But let me say, if one child is affected negatively, it's one too many. And, and and that's my reality. I know some learners won't do as well as they could have under optimal circumstances. And I know that some of them who are in themselves, the learners who have been battling, might just fall under the bar. And that is the type of disservice we, we are giving. So, yes, I think there will be an impact. I hope we can minimize it. But uh, at this rate, things are not looking their brightest. Mm, yeah, no, they're definitely not looking their brightest. And the challenge that uh, the load shedding has had on uh, educators, we can't uh, go with that unnoticed. No, ab- absolutely, uh, Patricia. You see, schools like, like rooms that are just built with relatively small windows, uh, you, you must understand how dull it will be, and you must understand how certain subjects just grind to a halt because they need electricity. And uh, many teachers can get by without the electricity, try their best, but uh, there are some subjects that just, just can't do. But then think of the administration of a school, where so much today hinges on uh, your computers, hinges on uh, you loading uh, results, marks, test outcomes onto a computer. All that grinds to a halt. But what it simply means is that it doesn't disappear. It is just piling up for another day when you have something else to do. And this is the type of impact we are seeing in, in uh, running through our schools. And it's stressing a whole lot of people out. Uh, COVID itself has had so much stress and strain brought to bear on 
on the lives of so many, and now this too. And that is why you can hear the desperation in some people's voices. Mm, and I don't blame them. I really don't blame them. Uh, Benzito has shared a video of his uh, daughter who's currently in grade 12. She's in the dark with candles around her and she's studying. And, and this, it just breaks my heart how in South Africa, so many years after democracy, we'd expect that infrastructure would be the first thing that we, we aim to, to stabilize because our infrastructure will bring in more money into the country. You know, we will be a, a good developing country, but we, we turning a blind eye and pointing fingers at all times. This is just so sad, Basil. <sighs> and Patricia, the one thing I haven't mentioned are the latent dangers. Ben told me about his daughter studying. And I, I said to him, at least you are a parent that is able to, to watch and see that uh, she doesn't fall asleep, there's no accidents. Just imagine the potential out there oh, in an goodness. overcrowded setting. What could happen? Mm. Mm. Oh, it, 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 it makes my blood shudder. Let me go to the lines. Uh, Aisha is on the line. Good evening, Aisha. Uh, good evening. Patricia, good evening, Mr. Manuel. I've been listening to you every time that you come on the radio. I like how you speak. But now let's be practical about this. I want to know by you, what have you done to, uh, in conjunction with equal education, we need to get solar panels on the roofs of schools and taking climate change into cognizance. We need to look at the way that, that they, uh, what I mean is they must look at, at the construction of schools so that with, 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 the, with the damaging effects of climate change that, that the schools don't collapse on the children and and things like that. That is where you must focus now. Hmm. Thank you very much, Okay, Aisha. bye. Thank you, bye. Uh, Basil, please do respond. Yes, do you know it has almost been, and I want to thank the caller for, for that and the wisdom, uh, particularly in a country like ours. Uh, it's almost been 10 years ago that that proposal was first put on the table, where we said, let's look at renewable energy. Let's look at cheaper forms of energy, because schools are spending money on buying electricity. Remember, it doesn't come free to a school. And that we need to look at solar panels, solar power. And we have been so tardy. We complain that we can't reach certain schools, they can't have electricity, and yet the sun is shining every day. And I want to assure the good lady that this is high on the agenda. We have been talking about it together with organizations like Equal Education, like Section 27, like the other unions, we are all making the same noises and crying the same cry because we don't seem to have a forward-looking agenda. We seem to be reacting all the time. And yet these things have been put on the table time and time again. Mm. 
Here's a message here from uh, an A-teamer uh, via SMS. It says, let them bring back O'Brien Mulife at least, unless they're indeed in they're indeed intent on privatizing the entity. So this all boils down to ESCOM, which is uh, the entity that uh, supplies our energy. And um, I am aware that there are some unions that uh, did have some discussions with ESCOM. Were you part of it as an Aptosa? And do you know what the outcomes were? We weren't part of the actual discussions with, uh, from, from some of the unions, but certainly with the education department, we had input into what was going to be taken to ESCOM. And uh, that was published. And, uh, of course, we were primarily concerned with the, the short-term issue of the metric exam. But, you know, it goes beyond that, Patricia, because you can't neglect the grade 11 and the grade 10 and all the other children. But to direct answer to your question, yes, we had input into the memorandum which was given to, uh, to Eskim. Has there been any response uh, from the memorandum that you did uh, send? You know, the responses are one of these uh, catch-all phrases. We are trying our best. We're going to see what we can do. And we've heard your, your, your cry and your pleas. And that was the response that was basically given to the education department. Now, of course, it rings hollow when just three or four days after the fact, there is another story about the possibility of load shedding. But... We also need to look at ourselves, and we need to ask, uh, we know that this problem is not going to evaporate. It doesn't matter who's leading what. Uh, with, with the infrastructure having been neglected, uh, it's going to be with us for a while. Now, what are we doing as a, an education system to ensure that schools are better equipped? Now, we've mentioned solar. But of course, certainly, there can be other things, short-term interventions, short-term supply of things that must be looked at. For heaven's sake, you know, restaurants even have put up little torches. Are you telling me that that is not possible within a district or an education uh, area? Of course it's possible. We, we can't be limited to just throwing our hands up in despair and saying, oh, the lights are off. What shall we do? Look at our lot in life. That can't be our response. Let's go to the lines. I've got Anonymous in KZN. Good evening, ATM Anonymous. Hello, Patricia. Can you hear me? Loud and clearly. Hello. We can hear you loud and clearly. Please give us your comment. Hello, Patricia. You're very faint. I can hardly hear you. We can hear you, Anonymous. All right. Thank you. You know, uh, for all these, uh, good evening to you, Patricia, and your guest. And for all these years, uh, we had uh, people in authority, you know, parliamentarians. And you, when you talk about things, whatever you need to discuss, you were discussing it with a stone wall. You were not discussing with people who can change things around, who can help you change. If you cry, you've got to sit there and cry all your life. It's not something that can be changed. So uh, if the people in authority was more interested in um, uh, finding uh, solutions for their own selves and their families, you know, by looting and all sorts of things, and that's why there's, uh, they had a fin financial constraint, uh, those are the reasons sometimes why we cannot solve problems 
uh, when when there's insufficient funding. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you very much, Anonymous. Basil, would you like to weigh in on what Anonymous has said? Uh, Patricia, it's it's an amalgam of many, many issues. And the looting, etc., is one of them. But now it's just become a carrion cry where every time something goes wrong, we all shout it's the looting. Yeah. I don't want to minimize it. It is true that it did cripple us. But now we've got to look forward and we've got to start recovering. We can't forever be blaming the past. That is a bad history. Let's now look at how we solve it. And we cannot forever uh, be looking at what the problem is only. We've got to start finding solutions. And the solutions have to include some of the new age things. We can't just be looking at uh, Kusile then that have cost us more than 10 times more than what they originally were planned for. This is the tragedy of our system. But we are still without electricity, even though we've got the two of the largest coal-fired power stations in the world not working properly. How does that happen a few years after they've been built? Mm-hmm. It is really sad. We've done an injustice to our children, to our country, to our people, because our people are unemployed, because we can't provide electricity. It is quite a sad one, and uh, the ripple effects are going to last for quite some time unless we try to nip it in the bud right now. My heart really goes out to every single student um, who's about to write their final year exams, not just the grade 12s, everyone, because everyone is writing exams now and assessments. And even those in higher education institutions are facing the same challenge. So my heart goes out to them, and I just hope and pray that load shedding uh, will be curbed so that we can move forward as a country. Sure, Basil, thank you so very much for joining us. It's a sad note, but uh, it's one that uh, does not mean we should lose hope. Hope always lives within our hearts as South Africans. After all, we are the Rainbow Nation. Thank you so very much for joining us. Pleasure, Patricia. You'll be safe. Bye. Psst.